Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Rander encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. Turn with us uh, to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. This is actually part 3, believe it or not. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And there you'll find these words. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach you worried about? What are you worried about? As we wake up in the morning, each and every morning, doing the things we need to do, living life as best we know how, we'll soon discover people whose hearts are filled with worry. Husbands and wives are worried, parents are worried, children are stressed out and worried, the elderly are worried, people are worried in the workplace. Employees are worried, employers are worried, politicians are worried, and even many of you here today came into the Lord's house are worried about so many things that are going on in your life. And as I petitioned the Lord for a message to preach, he gave me this message to share with you for everyone under the sound of my voice needs this message so we'll find ourselves dealing with the nemesis of worry. Now, we have all succumbed to worry, you know, and it's so easy to worry. And uh, perhaps even now, as you look around at your circumstances, it's going on in your lives. Some of you are unsettled. Some of you are outright nervous. Oh, you got your Bible, but you're nervous. Some of you feel pressure. Some of you, your hearts are filled with uncertainty. Some of you, your hearts are so worried until you're worrying yourself sick. 
And as we look around, we see that America is in trouble. And not only is America in trouble, but America is in a state of confusion. Say confusion. If you look around, it doesn't take long to see how confused America really is. Now, I've augmented this message. I've expanded this message. My definition of worry has even evolved. So you think you hear in the intro, but there's a lot of adjustments that God has made in this message. So attune your ears and be ready to write. You have moral confusion in, in America, moral confusion. For example, believing that life does not begin at conception. Justifying stealing and other criminal activities because you feel like you are a victim. That's moral confusion. Believing that homosexuality is a natural born condition. Moral confusion. Many people are in confusion when they can make the statement that they are born homosexual, but also believe that one cannot be born a pedophile, a rapist, an alcoholic, And many even equate homosexuality with the civil rights movement as if they are responsible because they are in a minority. But uh, I take offense to that. I was born black. You were born black if you're black. You're born white if you're white, Hispanic, whatever you are. You were born that way. And uh, gays don't have water holes sick pushed on them and dogs and they're not hanging of that the gaze and they're not asked to go back to the back of the bus and drink out of certain water fountains. That is not fair. So I resent people trying to uh, equate homosexuality with civil rights. With civil rights. That's, that's, that's confusion. You know we're in moral confusion when same-sex couples are fighting to get married while heterosexual Christian couples of fighting to get a divorce. <laughs> you know we're in confusion when people who say they are Christians are living together without a marriage certificate and quite comfortable coming to church as if they're going to heaven anyhow. Oh, that's moral confusion. Then you got political confusion. Voting for candidates who go against what we believe biblically. You got confusion in our schools. Students having more rights and authority than the teacher. You got military confusion. Do I have a direct order that is ungodly to obey from my superiors? Or do I disobey that order, face the consequences, and trust God? Political confusion. Then you have fiscal confusion. Why do I spend more money than I earn going deeper into debt and living from paycheck to paycheck? If you are undisciplined and self-indulgent, you'll stay perpetually broke. I say it again in case you didn't catch it. If you are undisciplined, say undisciplined, and self-indulgent, say self-indulgent. Thank you. You will stay perpetually broke. Then there's mental confusion. People having an entitlement mentality, thinking that America owes them something when it really doesn't. And then here's another one I added. There is what you call spiritual confusion. Say spiritual confusion. Uh, uh, This is where people think that there is no God 
Uh, there are many gods. Uh, uh, spiritual confusion. People believe that there are many ways to heaven. Uh, spiritual confusion. Uh, they can live a sinful life and still go to heaven anyhow. That is spiritual confusion. My friend, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. And even worse, many churches in America cannot rise and shine in this dog decadent wicked generation because they are in confusion due to a famine of the word of God in the house of God. And rather than focusing on the word of God, they focus on entertainment. Many churches focus on the gospel of prosperity. They, they focus on emotion and tradition and having a good fellowship. Us foes shut the dough and no more. My friend, the church is not a club. It is a spiritual organism. Organism. And if there's ever a time we need to hear a word from the Lord, it's right now. The scripture says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priest for me because you have forgotten the law of God. I also will forget your children. What a powerful scripture. Because you have forgotten the law of God, I will forget your children. Parents, what you do and how you live has a direct effect and on your children. They experience the brunt of the consequences of your sins. That's right. You lose the writ and they're outside. It's because of your sins. What is worry? I've augmented this definition. What is worry? The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to choke or strangle. Worry. The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to choke or strangle. In other words, worry chokes us mentally and emotionally until it wipes us out to the point that we are no earthly good and we are no kingdom good. Worry, it is to have a troubled heart. Worriness, it is to have a heart of heaviness. What is worry? It is to have anxious thoughts. What is worry? It is an uneasiness in mind, an uneasy state of mind. To be worried is to be antsy. It is to be edgy. To be worried is to be jittery. To be worried is to be in mental distress. To be worried is to have a distracted mind. You know what worry does? It troubles the mind. It troubles the mind. Or to have a divided mind which draws us in many directions, pulling our very lives apart. Worry, 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 worry clings to, dominates and consume your thinking as you turn the problems in your life 
over and over and over and over and over in your mind. You are not able to just trust the Lord and let it go. Even the scripture is clear that worrying is a sin. And my friends, I believe that the sin of worrying is committed by Christians more than any other sin around the world. You see why? Because worry is a sin because we distrust the promises of God. That's why worry is a sin. You say, why is it a sin to worry? Because worry distrusts the promises of God and the providence of God to provide for his children. See, that's why what makes it a sin. Because when you worry, you are distrusting God. You're distrusting his promises and providence, divine providence, that God will take care of you, of his children. How many of you know that you know you know that you know you know you know you are a child of God, you are born again believer? How many, both my hands go up, oh, you ought to be, there ought to be a hand wave. You know how they do in the stadium? There ought to be a ripple waving all across. Listen, now if you're his child, like the subject says, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? Because if you're his child, God will not leave you lacking. He will take care of you in spite of what the media says, in spite of what the people say, in spite of the talk around the city and around the globe. God will take care of you. What are the things we're worried about? What are the things we're worried about? The inability to have children. We worry about the safety of our children. We worry about the choices our children make. We worry about terrorism. We worry about our health issues. We worry about the cost of insurance, the rising cost of insurance. We worry about the economy and the cost of living. We worry about the unknown future. We worry about the government shutdown. We worry about the loss of income. And we worry about all the what ifs of life. What if this happened? What if that happened? What if this happened? What if that happened? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Claps! You worry about if I give my tithe off the top as God has told me to, I'm worried because if I tithe, I won't have enough money to pay my bills to live on. And then you worry about what you're going to give God, and yet you depend on God to get you out of issues and get you through calamitous times. The worst thing you can do is rob the very one that you need to provide for you in unstable times. How do we overcome worry? I'm fast forwarding now. How do, how do we overcome worry? Well, number one, take God at his word. If God says it, that sells it. Now, there's a lie out there that says God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's wrong. God said it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not. <laughs> Did you get what I said? God said it. That settles it. 
whether you believe it or not. Whether you believe it or not doesn't change the irrefutable laws of the living God. Take God at his word. Matthew 6, 25a says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Verse 28a says, so why do you worry about clothing? Right there in the text. In Matthew 6.31 in the text, 6.31a, it says, therefore, do not worry. Verse 34a, right in the text, it's in your Bible. Therefore, Jesus is saying to those around him, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. The Bible says, Jesus says, and he's in supreme control and authority. He says, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. You just read that in the scripture, and yet we turn around and what? Worry. Listen, friends. Wisdom is to take God's word and put it into action, which will decrease our worry. It is to take God's word and appropriate it to our lives and hearts, put it into action, which will result in a decrease of worry in our lives. So take God at his word. Believe what the word of God says. God means what he says and says what he means. Number two, give the things that trouble us to Jesus. In other words, bring your burdens to the Lord and leave them in his hands. The sooner we release the burdens and troubles of our heart to Jesus, the better off we are going to be mentally and physically and psychologically and all these things. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting some of your cares? No. Casting a few of your cares? No, no, no. Casting what? Now you know he's God. When, when you can put all of what's bothering you on him, I put all what's bothering me on him. This whole section over here, you put everything that's, that, that's, that, that's a mess, you can't figure out, Hey, God, I'm turning it over you. This section, I'm turning it over you. And, and then the next church, the next people, and all the people, you turn it all over Jesus, all over to Jesus. You say, how can Jesus handle my mess, my problems, and yours at the same time? Because he's God. God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. He can deal with you, me, at the same time. And not be frustrated. That's right. We can't deal with two people without getting frustrated. <laughs> but God can deal with us over here and deal with the Russian Christians and the Ugandan Christians and South American Christians. And then he hears your faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. I feel a little prayer wheel turn, huh? And when that prayer wheel turns, then I know the fire is what? Back. Have a little talk with Jesus makes it what? All right. Come on, talk to me. All right. All right. Just a little talk with Jesus. Y'all hear me? Makes it right. All right. All right. Just a little talk with Jesus.
Just a little talk, talk to him. He'll hear your humble cry and not be stressed by the burdens of all of y'all talking to him at the same time. Why? Because he is God. And listen, my friends, there is nothing, say nothing. There is nothing that intrudes into our lives that justifies our being worried. There is nothing that intrudes into our lives that justifies being worried. You say, you don't know how big this is. Listen, how big that thing is in your life is less than a speck of dust in God's sight. That's right. You say, you always, it's huge. God is saying, I can't even see the thing. It's so tiny. It's so tiny. He said, it's so tiny and you all, you about to faint. And I can barely see it as a speck of dust and you losing all your sanity. There is nothing that intrudes into the, to our lives that justifies our being worldly. Third, thirdly, how do we overcome worry? Hang around people who will encourage your heart. The worst thing you can do is be around some negative, complaining, no faith people in the midst of tough times. Hang around people who will encourage your heart. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Did you get that? Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. If you keep on being anxious, you're going to anxious and worry yourself right into depression. You don't believe me? You just keep doing it. All right? But a good word makes it glad. I'm so glad y'all came to the house of God this morning because you need this message so you can go out of here free. So, so you can go out of here free. And say, that's why Satan does everything he can to keep you away from God's house because Satan wants you held captive, he wants you in bondage, and he wants you a hot mess. But because you come into the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship him in spirit and in truth, you can receive freedom and not spiral into worry. Anxious in the heart of a man, a woman causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. My friends, you are wise indeed if you keep company with people who will encourage you with a good word rather than those who are negative, pessimistic, defeatist, or naysayers, which will spiral you into worry, ultimately into depression. You sitting next to somebody, I don't, know, I don't believe what he's saying. Don't take all that. I, yeah, well, I try that. Get your purse, get your Bible, and move from the left side. Go all the way over there, and I'm not going to say nothing to you, but praise God. Don't let nobody underneath their tones to you. The word of God is coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. The truth of God's word says, pack it up. Preach, preacher. Sometimes you have to do a paradigm shift in the Lord's house. Because you got some people who 
Snatch your faith. In the house of God. You got to be careful where you sit in God's house. Don't forget that the devil comes to church. As a matter of fact, his attendance is better than yours. <laughs> He's here harassing me when you're not here praying for me. Oh, God, help me preach this message. How do we overcome worry? Number four, realize that we are God's children, his prized possession, and are valuable in his sight. Realize that we are God's children, his prized possession, and are valuable in his sight. You say, where do you get that from? Right in the text. Right in the text. Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds. God, you know, God doesn't say, God doesn't give you some chemistry, or trigonometry. He just used plain, ordinary illustration. Look at the birds, y'all. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Listen, my friends, our Lord is saying in this verse, learn lessons from the birds. Look at them. You seen birds fly? Look at them. You seen them bathe and flutter in water? Look at you drop popcorn and then they swoop down and pick up that popcorn. Take it to the tree somewhere. God has provided. I've seen God provide. I say, look at God. And sometimes some of y'all just drop, drop the popcorn or drop something. It's oh shoot. I dropped my food. I can't get yeah. Now you know what? I'm from that old school. Y'all know where I'm going with this. I said, Y'all already laughing. I haven't gone there yet. Y'all get so clean when you're in public but you get home and you drop that good oatmeal cookie or whatever it is on the floor and it's the last one pick it up Lord take care of it oh it shows is good If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.